Section Two, Chapter Seven of the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus by Al Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jadopi. Section Two, Manhood. Chapter Seven: The Great Battle Between Good and Evil. Ack listened gravely to the recital of Claus, stroking his beard all the while with the slow, graceful motion that betokened deep thought. He nodded approvingly when Claus told how the nooks and fairies had saved him from death, and frowned when he heard how the Aguas had stolen the children's toys. At last he said, "From the beginning, I have approved the work you are doing among the children of men." And it annoys me that your good deeds should be thwarted by the Aguas. We immortals have no connection whatever with the evil creatures who have attacked you. Always have we avoided them, and they, in turn, have hitherto taken care not to cross our pathway. But in this matter, I find they have interfered with one of our friends, and I will ask them to abandon their persecutions, as you are under our protection. Claus thanked the master woodsman most gratefully and returned to his valley, while Ack, who never delayed carrying out his promises, at once travelled to the mountains of the Aguas. There, standing on the bare rocks, he called on the king and his people to appear. Instantly, the place was filled with throngs of the scowling Aguas, and their king, perching himself on a point of rock, demanded fiercely. Who dares call on us? It is I, the master woodsman of the world," responded Ack. "Here are no forests for you to claim," cried the king angrily. "We owe no allegiance to you, nor to any immortal." "That is true," replied Ack calmly. "Yet you have ventured to interfere with the actions of Claus, who dwells in the Laughing Valley." And is under our protection. Many of the Aguas began muttering at this speech, and their king turned threateningly on the master woodsman. "You are set to rule the forests, but the plains and the valleys are ours," he shouted. "Keep to your own dark woods. We will do as we please with claws. You shall not harm our friend in any way," replied Ack. Shall we not? Asked the king impudently. You will see, our powers are vastly superior to those of mortals, and fully as great as those of immortals. It is your conceit that misleads you," said Ack sternly. "You are a transient race, passing from life into nothingness. We who live forever pity but despise you." On earth you are scorned by all, and in heaven you have no place. Even the mortals, after their earth life, enter another existence for all time, and so are your superiors. How then dare you, who are neither mortal nor immortal, refuse to obey my wish? The Aguas sprang to their feet with menacing gestures, but their king motioned them back. Never before," he cried to Ack, while his voice trembled with rage, "has an immortal declared himself the master of the Aguas. Never shall an immortal venture to interfere with our actions again. 
for we will avenge your scornful words by killing your friend Claus within three days. Nor you, nor all the immortals can save him from our wrath. We defy your powers. Be gone, master woodsman of the world. In the country of the Aguas you have no place. It is war, declared Ak, with flashing eyes. It is war, returned the king, savagely. In three days your friend will be dead. The master turned away and came to his forest of Brzee, where he called a meeting of the immortals and told them of the defiance of the Aguas and their purpose to kill Claus within three days. The little folk listened to him quietly. What shall we do? These creatures are of no benefit to the world, said the prince of the Nooks. We must destroy them. Their lives are devoted only to evil deeds, said the prince of the Rills. We must destroy them. They have no conscience, and endeavor to make all mortals as bad as themselves, said the queen of the fairies. We must destroy them. They have defied the great Ack and threatened the life of our adopted son, said beautiful Queen Zerline. We must destroy them. The master woodsman smiled. You speak well, said he. These Aguas we know to be a powerful race, and they will fight desperately. Yet the outcome is certain, for we who live can never die. Even though conquered by our enemies, while every Agua who is struck down is one foe the less to oppose us, prepare then for battle and let us resolve to show no mercy to the wicked. Thus arose that terrible war between the immortals and the spirits of evil, which is sung of in fairyland to this very day. The King Agua and his band determined to carry out the threat to destroy Claus. They now hated him for two reasons. He made children happy, and was a friend of the master woodsman. But since Ack's visit, they had reason to fear the opposition of the immortals, and they dreaded defeat. So the king sent swift messengers to all parts of the world to summon every evil creature to his aid. And on the third day after the declaration of war, a mighty army was at the command of the king Agua. There were three hundred Asiatic dragons, breathing fire that consumed everything it touched. These hated mankind and all good spirits. And there were the three-eyed giants of Tateri, a host in themselves, who liked nothing better than to fight. And next came the black demons from Patalonia, with great spreading wings like those of a bat, which swept terror and misery through the world as they beat upon the air and joined to these were the goozle goblins, with long talons as sharp as swords, with which they clawed the flesh from their foes. Finally, every mountain agua in the world had come to participate in the great battle with the immortals. The king agua looked around upon this vast army, and his heart beat high with wicked pride, for he believed he would surely triumph over his gentle enemies, who had never before been known to fight. But the master woodsman had not been idle. None of his people was used to warfare. 
yet now that they were called upon to face the hosts of evil, they willingly prepared for the fray. Ack had commanded them to assemble in the Laughing Valley, where Claus, ignorant of the terrible battle that was to be waged on his account, was quietly making his toys. Soon the entire valley, from hill to hill, was filled with the little immortals. The master woodsman stood first, bearing a gleaming axe that shone like burnished silver. Next came the rills, armed with sharp thorns from bramble bushes. Then the nooks, bearing the spears they used when they were forced to prod their savage beasts into submission. The fairies, dressed in white gauze with rainbow-hued wings, bore golden wands, and the wood-nymphs, in their uniforms of oak-leaf green, carried switches from ash-trees as weapons. Loud laughed the Agua King when he beheld the size and the arms of his foes. To be sure, the mighty axe of the woodsman was to be dreaded, but the sweet-faced nymphs and pretty fairies, the gentle rills and crooked nooks, were such harmless folk that he almost felt shame at having called such a terrible host to oppose them. "'Since these fools dare fight,' he said to the leader of the Tateri giants, "'I will overwhelm them with our evil powers.' To begin the battle, he poised a great stone in his left hand and cast it full against the sturdy form of the master woodsman, who turned it aside with his axe. Then rushed the three-eyed giants of Tateri upon the nooks, and the goozle-goblins upon the rills, and the fire-breathing dragons upon the sweet fairies. Because the nymphs were axe-owned people, the band of Agwas sought them out, thinking to overcome them with ease. But it is the law that while evil unopposed may accomplish terrible deeds, the powers of good can never be overthrown when opposed to evil. Well had it been for the King Agua had he known the law. His ignorance cost him his existence, for one flash of the axe borne by the master woodsman of the world cleft the wicked king in twain and rid the earth of the vilest creature it contained. Greatly marveled the Tateri giants when the spears of the little nooks pierced their thick walls of flesh and sent them reeling to the ground with howls of agony. Woe came upon the sharp-taloned goblins when the thorns of the rills reached their savage hearts and let their life-blood sprinkle all the plain, and afterward from every drop a thistle grew. The dragons paused, astonished before the fairy wands, from whence rushed a power that caused their fiery breaths to flow back on themselves so that they shriveled away and died. As for the Aguas, they had scant time to realize how they were destroyed, for the ash switches of the nymphs bore a charm unknown to any Agua, and turned their foes into clods of earth at the slightest touch. When Ak leaned upon his gleaming axe and turned to look over the field of battle, he saw the few giants who were able to run disappearing over the distant hills on their return to Tateri. The goblins had perished every one, as had the terrible dragons, while all that remained of the wicked Aguas was a great number of earthen hillocks dotting the plain. And now the immortals melted from the valley like dew at sunrise to resume their duties in the forest, 
while Ack walked slowly and thoughtfully to the house of Claus and entered. "'You have many toys ready for the children,' said the woodsman, "'and now you may carry them across the plain to the dwellings and the villages without fear.' "'Will not the Aguas harm me?' asked Claus eagerly. "'The Aguas,' said Ack, "'have perished.' Now I will gladly have done with wicked spirits and with fighting and bloodshed. It was not from choice that I told you of the Aguas and their allies and of their great battle with the immortals. They were part of this story and could not be avoided. End of chapter 7 Recording by Jadopi www.publicdomainaudiobooks.blogspot.com